Greetings, this is Pastor Thomas A. Deloach, and this episode is brought to you by To Empower You, a podcast dedicated to helping young adults and young couples achieve their goals and dreams from a biblical context. From a biblical context. Pastor Thomas A. Deloach. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to To Empower You. I am your host, Back better than ever, Thomas A. Deloach, and I'm so glad that you are taking this time to connect with me today. And on today's show, I want to talk about it's a trap, and the trap is called being offended. And that's what we want to talk about today. We want to uncover this thing called being offended because there are so many people that are upset, mad, cantankerous. And they don't understand that they walk right into this trap. And it has destroyed many people's lives. As a pastor, I've seen this over and over again. And it became very real to me. And so I want to uncover it with you today. So I want you to go and grab your Bibles and something to write with. And after this episode, I want you to spend some time with God in the quiet and find out if you're dealing with this thing called being offended. Most people are, and they don't really understand how it's destroying people's lives. And you can share these episodes, these podcasts with your friends and family, especially this episode today, because I think this is going to be a truth teller. As always, this is a teaching podcast, so we want to teach you and share with you some things out of the Word of God, because I believe it's going to bless your life. So let's go here to Mark chapter 4. We're going to start here at verse number 16 because the Word of God has a lot of things to share with us today about this trap called being offended. Mark chapter 4, starting here at verse number 16, it says, and these are they likewise which are sown on stony ground, who when they have heard the word, immediately receive it with gladness. Verse 17 says, and have no root in themselves, and so endure for a time. Afterward, when affliction or persecution ariseth for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. Wow. I want to read verse 17 again to you. And have no root in themselves, and so they endure for a time. And afterwards, when affliction or persecution arise, for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. And many people have become offended. And the thing about this particular passage is the Bible lets us know that they receive the word with gladness. They were happy. They were excited. They were jovial. But then those days become weeks. Those weeks become months. Those months become years. And this thing about being afflicted and persecution, it comes because of the word. Anytime the word of God is getting into our hearts, the enemy doesn't like that. He wants to disrupt and cause havoc. And this is all a part of the process. This is not God picking on you. This is not God, you know, trying to cause issues and problems in your life. When you live for the Lord, 
The enemy doesn't like that. He doesn't like the fact that you are living right, doing right, being right, treating people right. And so he wants to cause some conflict and he sets up these traps for many people and they walk right into it because they cannot discern, detect, and pick up how the enemy operates. And because of this, the Bible lets us know that they have no roots Nothing that's going down in the soil so that they can be nourished and helped and ministered to. And because of that, they endure for a time. I've seen it so many times. They endure for a little while. They come to church. They come to prayer meeting. Everything is good. Everything is great until problems come. And then they get offended. They walk right into the trap because things didn't pan out the way that they thought they would. The blessings didn't come or they were coming and then they stopped and they don't know why. And so they go back to the world, go back to a familiar place. And so you and I have to be very alert about being offended because people are highly developed in sensitivity. I mean, they get mad and upset about the most craziest things. And if you really sit down and just think about some of the stuff you upset about, the things that you offended about, it's really something that you've conjured up. Somebody looked at you wrong. Somebody said something to you. You're at the grocery store and the clerk didn't say hello. I mean, all of these little things, they're little foxes. The Bible says that little foxes destroy the vine, destroy the harvest, destroy the things that God is doing in your life. And so when we can be as highly sensitive to the things of God to detect how we feel, we can root this out of our lives starting today. But it's going to take some honesty. And I want you to really understand and know that don't let anything or anyone hinder your love walk with the Lord. Don't let that happen. Many people have just gone astray because they allowed someone to wreck their day by what they said. Or again, a look. I mean, it's just a look, even if they're looking at you kind of crazy. I mean, if I approached everybody that was looking at me crazy, I'd be crazy myself. And so we cannot allow things that are just not true, things that we just can't substantiate. Now, there may be some things that you can say, you know what, this person really doesn't like me. But so what? We're not chasing down people that don't like us. We're not chasing down people who could care whether we live or die. We just want to stay in a flow with God. We just want to stay in an atmosphere of positivity. We want to stay in an atmosphere of love because that's what's going to make the difference. So don't let anybody get in the way of your love walk with the Lord. Now, I want you to look at Matthew chapter 24. Again, I'm going to give you a lot of scriptures here and prayerfully be able to unpack a few of them. Matthew chapter 24 and verse number 10 says, and then shall many be offended. You might want to underscore this. Not just a few, but many will be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. Now, if we look at the word of God, when I read it, I always look at it in a process. So here's the first process. Many will be offended. And then point two is and shall betray one another. So if we don't deal with, with being offended, we move into betrayal and then, and they shall hate one another. So again, this is a process. If you don't do anything with being offended, then you're going to betray people and then you're going to hate them. People just don't hate folks. It starts with being offended. 
And when they didn't detect that, they allowed that thing to fester and then they start to betray and then they start to hate. Now, the word betray means to be disloyal or to become an enemy. Again, I always say that an enemy was once a friend that you let in. And so you have to realize how this thing is being set up. You got to be self-aware. It's too many people that are not aware of their surroundings or aware of the people that are around them. But prayerfully, I want you to begin to start looking at some things and your circle that you are around and the people that you are around. I'm not talking about being paranoid, but I'm talking about seeing things over and over again. If somebody is showing you something over and over again, there's some truth there that you need to look at and see because it could be a sign that something is trying to, that person is being used by the enemy himself to derail uh, your success and the things that God wants to do in your life. Now, I want you to look at Matthew chapter 26, starting here at verse number six, and we'll conclude at verse number eight. Now, when Jesus was in Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, there came unto him a woman having an alabaster box of very precious ointment and poured it on his head as he sat at meat. Verse eight says, when his disciples saw it, they had indignation, underscore that word indignation, saying to what purpose is this waste? Matter of fact, let me just continue to read. Verse 10 says, And when Jesus understood it, he said unto them, Why trouble ye this woman? For she hath wrought a good work upon me. For ye have the poor always with you, but me ye have not always. And that she poured this ointment on my body, she did it for my burial. Verse 13 says, Verily I say unto you, wheresoever this gospel shall be preached in the whole world, there shall also this that this woman hath done be told for a memorial of her. Now this is crazy here because the disciples, you would think that they would be happy about the fact that this woman is doing such a great work for Jesus. But the Bible says that they moved in indignation in an offense. They walked right into the trap. So they were angry. They were angry and annoyed and provoked by what they perceived as unfair treatment. Can you believe that? So the bottom line was they didn't think that Jesus should have received the treatment he got. Wow. Who would think that even in Jesus's inner circle that they were upset and mad because this woman was doing something for the master? And this is how you can cross over into this trap so quickly that when you can see people being blessed and you don't like it, see people prospering and you don't like it, you can walk right into that trap that the enemy set for you. And the disciples did exactly that. This woman said, Lord, I've got a do something special for you. And she broke that alabaster box and poured that oil on Jesus. And the disciples was upset. They were mad. And I believe the disciples were offended because she did something that they should have done. And she beat them to the punch. So the disciples said, this is a waste. 
This is a waste of money. It's a waste. Why are you doing this? But Jesus was trying to help them to see, why are y'all mad? She's caring for me. And then Jesus said, the poor you have with you always. You always got the poor. But do y'all recognize that I won't be here always? I believe that the disciples were embarrassed because they didn't know how to take care of their own man of God. They didn't know how to take care of their own mentor, their own teacher. So somebody came from the outside to show them how to care for their master and they didn't like it. And they walked right into the trap like many people do. And so we have to really, again, recognize our surroundings. Everything was good. Everything was great that day until this woman began to worship Jesus, began to prepare him for what he had to go through to get to the cross, to redeem all of us. And again, you would think they would celebrate that, that they would be happy about that. And I've been around people. They have come up and they have talked to me and they say, you know, I would think that people would be happy about my promotion. They would be happy that I'm getting married. They would be happy that I'm moving into a new house and that my kids got a full ride scholarship until I realized that even my friends and even my family didn't like it. And so it doesn't matter, friend, family. When people are upset, they are projecting the fact that they feel like that there's not enough blessings to go around as if you took the last car, as if you took the last house. As if you took the last man and you got married or the last woman or the last raise. I always say that good is infinite. Money is infinite. God's love is infinite. Nobody has taken the last from you. But that's what the enemy wants you to believe. That whatever blessing that's happening for somebody else, you can't get a hold of it. What I love about God is, is that if you recognize this and become conscious that he is our father, our father's got enough resources and good for everybody else. But when we are not self-aware, when we don't see things the way that we should see them, we walk right into this offense. We walk right into the trap. And before you know it, it begins to affect us. Unforgiveness, bitterness, uh, you just looking at somebody and always seeing something wrong with them, always seeing that they think they're better than you. This stuff is being conjured in the mind because again, when you are offended, you filter everything through that offense. You see everything through the offense or what you perceived that they did. That's the reality. I got a perception and it's wrong. And I've heard people say perception is reality. And that has a truth to it because the way that you're perceiving the situation that you're in right now could be incomplete. Could be something that you need to get some more information about before you make or come to a conclusion that you are being wronged. And many times it's not that way at all. But when you mature and when we grow up, before we allow the enemy to use us to destroy relationships. I know people who've been in relationships for 20 years or more, and they let something that they perceived that they were being done wrong or something that they thought were was against them. Don't let the enemy ruin a relationship like that. If you've been friends for that long and they're that valuable to you, you got to work it out. 
And maybe at the end of this show, you'll pick up the phone and call somebody and say, hey, I was wrong. But it's difficult because our pride is in the way. It's difficult because we don't want to say I messed up and made a mistake. But we make mistakes every day. It's always something that we're doing. And it's always something that's happening in our lives that could be hindering us from moving to the next level. So I don't want you to get into this rat race like everyone else is and trying to fight everybody in every situation. We just need to calm down and see it God's way and understand that what he has for you, what he has for me, no one can get access to it. All right, now let's look at Matthew 26. Again, like I told you, I got a lot of verses to give you. Matthew 26, we want to start here at verse number 14. Notice what the Bible says. Then one of the 12 called Judas Iscariot went unto the chief priests and he said unto them, Will, will ye give me and I will deliver him unto you? That's Jesus, that is. And they covenanted with him for 30 pieces of silver. And from that time, he sought an opportunity to betray him. So somewhere in the ministry of Jesus, Judas became offended. And anytime you become offended, like I told you before, betrayal is going to set in. And so from that point forward, watch this, y'all. From that point forward, he sought an opportunity to betray him, to become disloyal to Jesus. And that's how it works when we become offended. At some point, if you don't deal with it, you're going to wait for an opportunity to jam that person up, to get them back for what you think you perceived was something that was wrong. And he sought an opportunity. And so Judas was one of Jesus's disciples. And Judas moved from offense to betrayal. And now he's waiting on the right opportunity to hand Jesus over. And by the time he sees this and recognizes this, Satan had already took advantage of him. And notice he eventually committed suicide. He, because he didn't do what he was supposed to do because he was so upset. He was so angry. He thought he was done wrong. He thought that Jesus was against him. And that's how the enemy will do you. He'll do a job on you, man. He'll cause you to think about something over and over and over again. And before you know it, you'll destroy your own self. Now, we do know biblically that Jesus was the son of perdition, so he had to deliver Jesus up. But when we look at this in the context of our own lives, you don't have to go that way. You're not the son of perdition, but the enemy can use you and use other people to get you off your square and cause you to destroy your life by walking right into this trap, walking right into this situation with your eyes wide open. And it's one thing about a trap, man. Before you know it, you've lost your joy. You've lost your peace. You've lost your ability to reason. You've lost a valuable friend. You may have lost a marriage. You've lost money. You've lost your career. You've lost your self-respect. You've lost your relationship with your children. This has a lot of implications to it. So we've got to be heady in terms of realizing and recognizing that we've got to beat the enemy to the punch and say, you know what? I'm not going to be offended. I'm not going to be upset because there's another side of this story that we don't investigate. Isn't that something? We'll look at something and we say, yeah, that's what it is. They don't like me. But if you investigate it, it's not that at all. Maybe you didn't take the time to understand the other side. 
There's a side to this that you're not seeing. There's a side to this that you need to investigate. So just don't look at things at face value and then come up with a conclusion because most of the time our conclusions are wrong. All right, now look at Luke chapter 17, starting here at verse number one. The Bible says, then said he unto the disciples, it is impossible that offenses will come, but woe unto him through whom they come. Notice what Jesus said. It is virtually impossible to not be offended. It's going to happen, but don't let it get inside of you. That's what he's saying. Woe to that man or woman that opens the door and lets the offense get in his life. We know that there's always going to be an opportunity to be offended, to be mad, to be incensed, to be raged. But the Lord said, don't open up the door. Didn't he be knocking on your door? Don't let him in. He wants to get in and ruin everything for your life. Verse 2 says, it would be better for him that a millstone were hung around his neck and he be cast into the sea than that he should offend one of these little ones. Take heed to yourself. If thy brother trespass against thee, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. Now, I like this because we're in relationship with people and they do something. We need to rebuke them. We need to say to them, now, that's not right. You need to do this another way. And watch this. If he repents, then you need to operate in forgiveness. If someone wrongs you and they recognize it, forgive them, release it and let it go. Because if you don't release it and let it go, that is the battleground. That is a training ground for when offense starts because we did not let it go. And most people today that are walking around here are moving in unforgiveness. The person came to them. They say, hey, man, I'm sorry. I messed up. I didn't do what I was supposed to do. You gave me the money and I said I was going to pay you back. I told you I was going to do this and I didn't do it. And you still upset. You still mad. And I get it because maybe it caused you to be in a deficit. Maybe it caused you to be in a bad place or it wrecked some things that you were planning. But at the end of the day, like I said to you in the beginning of this episode, don't let anyone get in the way of your love walk with the Lord. It's not that important. When you really size it up, it's not that important, especially in this pandemic that we are in still, that people are dying around us. Now, they've been dying, but people seemingly are dying now at a rapid rate. You don't want to wake up one morning and the person, a friend or a family member that you say you love, they are dead now. You talk to them three months ago and you was upset. Now you find out they've gone on and you don't have an opportunity to get it straight or to get it right. But get it straight. Get it right today. And don't allow yourself to move in these kind of realms. Verse number four says, and if he trespass against these seven times in a day. Oh, wow. And seven times in a day, turn again to thee saying, I repent. Thou shalt forgive him. Notice verse five. And the apostles said unto the Lord, increase our faith. In other words, Lord, we don't have enough faith to operate in this. 
This is a hard thing. You mean tell me if they come back to me again and again and again, seven times I got to repent? I mean, I've got to tell them that I release them and let it go. Now, again, it's not about the seven times. What it what it does is we need to develop within ourselves the ability to release people when they come to us and say, I've messed up. So I don't want you to get in this mindset about a number, really what the master, what Jesus is saying to us, it really don't matter how many times they do it. This is for you. I'm forgiving you for me. I'm releasing you for me because I don't want to allow you to live in me rent free. I don't want you to live in my mind. I don't want you to live in my heart. I don't want you to ruin the things that God is doing in me. And if we can really recognize and understand when we don't do things properly, it's going to mess you up. Because at the end of the day, that person is going to go on and live their life. And you are with the residue of the stuff that they did in the past. Man, I know people, they can tell you the day. They can tell you if the sun was out. They can tell you what the person had on. They can tell you uh, what they smelled like. I mean, wow. I mean, they have captured that moment that day that they wronged them. But I want you to capture that moment when you release them and you've forgiven them. And here's the reality. If you don't forgive them, your heavenly father won't forgive you. So I'm not going to hold people. I'm going to let them go. Why? Because I know I'm going to do something that's going to require God's forgiveness. And again, I want to walk in a place of being self-aware. Notice what verse 6 said. And Jesus said unto them, If ye have faith as a grain of a mustard seed, you might say unto this sycamine tree. I want you to underscore this. I'm still in Luke chapter 17, verse 6. Be thou plucked up by the root and be thou planted into the sea, another dimension, and it should obey you. But again, I want you to underscore this sycamine tree because there's some revelation in here that I want you to see. Why did Jesus talk about a sycamine tree? Out of all the things he could have discussed to anchor in this point about being offended and how to release people and to let them go, why did he talk about a sycamine tree? Well, the sycamine tree has some tremendous characteristics of a person that is bound with bitterness or unforgiveness or even being offended. The sycamine tree's main purpose was to be used to build coffins. They used the wood to make coffins or caskets. The sycamine tree, its roots go deeper into the ground and they grow faster than any other tree. It's hard to kill. So Jesus uses his sycamine tree to reveal a person who has become buried in an offense, an offense of unforgiveness, bitterness, or resentment. In other words, once you get into an offense, you've made your own coffin. Wow. That's the power of an offense, the power of walking right, right into this trap, that this tree grows faster than any other tree. So if you don't deal with this offense, it's going to spread faster than any other thing that you got going on in your life. I want you to recognize that. I'm going to say it to you again. I'm going to say it to you another way. If you don't deal with this offense, this thing is going to spread quicker than what you realize. And it's going to cause every good and perfect thing that God is doing in your life to be derailed because you didn't see the error of your ways. So people that are offended, they built their own coffin. 
Why? Who would build their own coffin to die? We do it when we don't recognize and realize that the enemy is using situations to get you highly sensitive. So when you're in the store, when you're driving to work, when you go to your job, I want you to look at things a bit differently. Don't get frustrated. Don't get mad when a person doesn't say anything to you or you perceive you're being done in a wrong way or something is not to your liking. Because again, We live in such a very highly sensitive situation that we're not seeing things properly. Maybe you got up upset. Maybe you didn't deal with some things the night before and now you're getting up angry and your energy is bad and your attitude is bad. See, we got to learn how to check ourselves. We got to learn how to say, you know what? I'm a mess this morning. You know, I didn't pray. I didn't get up and meditate like I normally did. You know, I allowed something that happened during the day that I didn't deal with the night before. And now it's a carryover because things are carried over. Maybe I was listening to a a negative conversation the night before and I didn't take the opportunity to release that and to let it go. And now because of what I didn't take care of the night before or weeks before is still on my track. But you can today walk right out of that trap, deal with that offense, pick up that phone and call that person and say, hey, I've been bound. I've been a mess for so long because I was upset with you. I was angry with you. See, this takes a mature individual, whether you are Christian or not. This takes someone who is saying, I know what this thing is doing to me, so I got to let it go. Let you go, forgive you, release you so I can get back into a place with God and move in his grace, his power, his anointing and see some things about me that are not good. Now, lastly, let me give you five key ways to identify if you are offended. You might want to write these down and look at them again and again. Here's number one. If someone mentions a particular name, does it bother you? The moment they mention Brenda or Bob or Sue or John, do you immediately get mad? Number two, when you are talking to someone who has offended you, is the offense all you think about night and day, day and night, all week long? Number three, do you purposely try to avoid people who have offended you? Do you go another way when you see them at work? Do you put your head down? Do you make up conversations? You know, people do all this crazy stuff. Number four, do you spend a great deal of time thinking about the person who has offended you? All you can do all day long is rehearse over and over and think about them. And finally, number five, do you constantly talk about the person who offended you? If we would just take time to listen to our own selves, you cannot lie. You talk about them all the time. It's in every conversation. And even friends and family members can give you an indication. Why are you always talking about this person? It's a sign. It's a clue that you are offended. So check these five things that I just shared with you. And if any of them are true, just fess up and say, you know what? I walked into the trap of offense. But just like you walked in, you can walk right out. You can ask for forgiveness from God and he will, by his grace, help you to get up and move forward again. Remember the scripture. There's therefore now 
no condemnation for them that are in Christ Jesus. So don't beat yourself up because you became offended. You won't be the first. You won't be the last. But I want you to love yourself enough and what God is doing in you and know that good is infinite. Money is infinite. Love is infinite. No one is taking anything from you. You got to get that out of your mind today and know that what God is doing inside of you, don't let anyone, family or non-family member, take away the precious jewels that God is doing in you. You are enough. You are worth what God is doing in your life and you deserve better. Being offended will hinder everything. All right. That's all that I have for you today. I pray. I really believe that this helped you today. I really believe that God used me today to help uncover this thing called being offended because so many people are preaching around this, not talking about it, but this thing is real. And Jesus took some time to talk about this and to teach this in the word of God. And if this is you, after this is over, and I've said it before, and I'm going to say it to you one more time. I want you to spend some time in the quiet. Some of you, you already know. You just need the heart and the guts now to come on out of it. and Not just come on out of it, but if that person is alive, you need to fix it. Don't let the sun go down today until you fix this offense. Because if you don't, it will wreck your life. If this episode blessed you, I want you to send me an email at info at thomasadeloach.com. And as always, you can go to my website at www.thomasadeloach.com. There is a subscriber box on the homepage. Put your email in there and click the send button and I will send you a free PDF that will help you in your walk with God. Also, if you scroll all the way down to the bottom of the screen, there's a donation tab. If these shows are blessing you, why don't you consider financially partnering with me so that I can continue to send these shows out to you and some other things that I want you to do. As always, these things cost money, but I do believe someone out there is being blessed. So I want you to consider doing it today. All right. I want you to have a great day. Don't walk in a fence any longer. Fix it today. You deserve better. God has so much more that he wants to do in your life. I'm praying for you, believing God's best for you. And until next time, be empowered. Thank you for listening to my show to empower you. If you were blessed, inspired and encouraged, please send me a praise report, prayer requests, or show ideas to info at thomasadeloach.com and follow me on Instagram at Thomas A. Deloach and Facebook at Dr. Thomas A. Deloach. And remember, you can go to my website anytime at www.thomasadeloach.com. Until next time, be empowered.